0: Welcome back everybody to another episode of yeah I said it and let me get my hands right let's see when I'm looking at the computer bad is to my left so that means when you're looking at the computer I guess he's to my right I want to welcome Brian Anthony Davis to the show to the latest
1: episode of yeah I said it what's up bad Great to be on. Yeah, I said it. Uh, I love this show. This is one of my favorite ones because I, I feel like I could just be I could be bad. You know, I, I could just uh, can be, let can it fly. Let the and hair fly. He, and
0: he started off bad because he's wearing a Juju Smith Schuster USC jersey. And me being a Cal alum, you know, I hate USC, but, <laughs> you know, some of the stink is off of that jersey because it's Juju And because of Troy Polamalu, I can kind of not hate USC as much as I typically would. Well, uh,
1: and also there's another USC guy that I know you love. You're missing Swanny. No, I'm talking current roster. A big fan. Roster. Uh, The Hulk.
0: (sighs) Ah, yes, yes. Zach Banner. Yes, 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 Zach Banner. But it's balanced because we have Tyson Alualu. We have a Cal guy on the roster, so you know it's the Pac-12 love right there. But before we favorite, my favorite Cal guy, Chidi Awuma. Chidi too. That's a personal friend of mine. I I know. No, no. I'm talking
1: about no. I'm talking Chidi Chidi Awuma. Number twenty-nine. Yes,
0: Yes, the DB. The DB. Yes, yes, yes. Special teams. But let me jump into it. Let me give a big shout out to Jeff Hartman, my co-host on a myriad of shows and the editor of behind a Still Big up shout out to Bad as well. Big shout out to the Sko bros, big bro Sko and Little Bro Sko, the Oracle Dave. And, and big up to Brunch with Tony, Tony DeFio coming on tomorrow morning. So make sure uh you chime in with brunch with Tony. And what did what's Tony going? Did Tony eat breakfast or brunch
1: last week? I was suggesting bacon and eggs.
0: He did not,
1: week. but I had a talk with him live on uh, our show, Steelers Q&A, on Monday, and I said, you know, Lance has mentioned that you really need to start uh, start cooking, and so he's like, well, you know, I just lost a lot of, like, over 100 pounds in the last year and a half, and so he's like, yeah, I don't know if I'm, I'm ready to do that, but for for BTSC, I will, so who, well, who knows? Well, he should talk with Jeff. JH 21 nutritional products
0: can come up with a line of Tony Defio healthy snacks. (laughs) So so Tony can have a healthy brunch and bring that part of it to you as well. I mean, me, you know, me and bad aren't going to be eating too healthy, but I want to jump into the show real quick. And the title of the program is, yeah, I said it. The biggest Steelers issue going into next season isn't a return of a healthy Big Ben. Now, we were talking a little bit before the show, and Bad asked me, what direction are you going when you make that statement? And it's simply this, and disagree with me or not, Bad, that the biggest issue for the Steelers is not the return of a healthy Big Ben, but it's a lack of depth across both sides of the ball. And when me and Jeff were doing a show, It was brought up by many of you in the live chat. Wes Hickok particularly talked about the lack of depth that the Steelers have in key positions on both sides of the ball. And I think when we look and examine the Steelers' season last year, particularly in the last several games when they couldn't score points, that those depth issues really started to resonate with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Am I overreacting bad when I say that the biggest Steelers issue going into 2020 is
1: not Big Ben, but a depth issue along the roster? You're definitely not overreacting, but here's the way I see this whole thing. I think it actually goes together. I think it's hand in hand. And the reason I'm saying that is because if Ben Roethlisberger goes down, the, the depth shows up. The, the depth problems show up. And it also shows up on defense because when you have somebody like Stefan Tuitt go down last year, you were okay because you had a very fantastic depth piece in uh, Tyson Alualu, Cal Bears. Um, but where you don't have the depth is at outside linebacker, inside linebacker. You really don't, you definitely don't have it at safety. You probably the best depth piece on defense is at the corner position, and I can't believe I'm saying this after the past years of uh, corner problems, but here's the thing. You definitely have to have a healthy Ben Roethlisberger to make this go, but if you don't have the depth on the other side of the ball and on offense, it's not going either. So I think it's problem 1A and 1B. So let's take a look at that Bad. You brought up defense, and let's jump to defense, and let's,
0: let's jump to the outside linebacker position. You got the roster up bad? Yeah, I got it. I got it in here and on here. So the starting outside linebackers are Bud Dupree and TJ Watt, arguably one of the best outside linebacker combinations in football. You look at their numbers, roughly about 25, 26 sacks last year. Dynamic duo, both good against the run. Great motors, great production. Give us the outside linebackers, the backup
1: outside linebackers. Well, you're going to see um, the two guys from Toledo, the Toledo Rockets. Ex- excuse me. Uh, did I say Toledo? I meant, uh, I believe, not Toledo. now no, I'm all screwed up here. Um, yeah, they went to, did they go to Kent State? They went to Kent State. Um, Ola Denny and Tuzar Skipper. Maybe they went to Toledo. I'm screwing this whole thing up. It, 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 it doesn't matter because I'm
0: going to guess this, right? They've played, I'm going to guess, no snaps in a professional football game outside of special teams, if they even played special team snaps. So let me just ask you this bad. If you were to grade the quality depth at the outside linebacker position, now we can add the rookie that was just drafted, Alex Highsmith. Highsmith is part of that, and he's played no snaps at the professional level and we also we've talked about it on a few shows about the impact of potentially a lack of a training camp, no OTAs and just how that may impact rookies. You have three players in the outside linebacker position and that's Kevin Colbert calling you bad asking, can you find another outside linebacker Why with not? some depth to help <laughs> I didn't
1: realize the home phone was in here.
0: <laughs> See, that's a call from Kevin Colbert in the background. Bad. We need help at the outside linebacker position. Grade the grade the quality depth at or grade the depth at the outside linebacker position. Is it quality? You know, we can give a bad grade or a not bad grade. You can go A through F. What's the, what what's,
1: what's the grade for the depth? At that you know, at that position. Man, I'm giving Dave Schofield answer, and I'm gonna say incomplete, because we just don't know. We haven't really seen these guys start. Um, Ola Denny, he I tell you what, in limited action of what I saw from him last year, um, and he he was pretty decent when he when he saw him play. He got completely ripped off in the Baltimore game, and the Steelers got ripped off in the Baltimore game with that phantom late hit on a on denny. I think he shows a lot of promise, but are you ready to go ahead and throw him in right now? No. Um, If I'm going to go ahead and give a grade, I'm going to probably say a C-. However, I tell you what, I love the uh, potential, and I know that's the big P word, but potential of Alex Highsmith. I think this guy, um, everything I've heard of him from Dabo Sweeney to his college coach to everybody around the NCAA – saying how complete this guy is as an outside linebacker and a pass rusher. I'm really excited, and I think he's great value for a third-round pick and the Steelers' second pick last season. How I mean, excuse me, uh, in this uh, this uh, draft that we just had. But you know what I'm looking at here is T.J. Watt. Now, T.J. Watt, we need to grade something on T.J. Watt. And you talk to everybody, and we're seeing on it here, he's irreplaceable, how great T.J. Watt is there's one flaw in TJ Watts game I don't know how durable he is um, to play complete four quarters sometimes you see him walk off and you get immediately scared you see him he comes back but there's a lot of times deep in the fourth quarter he's got he's got the mask on so he's getting oxygen and he's a uh, the guy plays 110 I mean he's he's just flying and he's putting on on the field. But sometimes you need to have them out there and you're going to have have a replacement in there for him. And when that is, do you want to have Ola Denny or Tuzar Skipper who are incomplete and untested? Or do you want Alex Highsmith who he's an unknown? So with that being said, there's no death behind there. And you got to also remember that you might be looking at one year of Bud Dupree. Yes.
0: Yes. I mean, so the picture you're painting and, and you know, bad is not going to be bad. You have a free liberty and a license to be bad on this show. Bad. <laughs> just, just, just say it. The the depth at the outside linebacker position is bad. It's, terrible. oh, it's abysmal. It's, it's, it's abysmal. It's absolutely <laughs> terrible. If you were to grade it, an unknown in football is an F essentially. Like if you don't know, It's probably just a failing grade. I mean, coaches don't like to put unknowns on the football field because what are unknowns? They're unknowns. You have absolutely no idea what they're going to do, how they're going to react, how they're going to play when they say proverbial the bullets start flying. Can they process information? Can they do their job? Can they do their job? Well, it's – and like Robert Sassavitz said, let's sort it out in preseason – Preseason ain't enough. And those two guys, Dupree and and, and TJ, and their impact on how good that defense is, and we can all argue, I think we all agree, that the defense is the strength of that team. That's huge. That's huge. And that's why I go back to my initial point. The biggest issue for the Steelers isn't just a return of a healthy Big Ben, it's a lack of depth across the roster. Now bad. Let's shift to the inside linebacker position. You got the names ready for the backups at the inside linebacker position.
1: Well, before I do that, Devin Bush came out maybe a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, and said, you know, don't worry. Vince Williams and I have it locked down. Here's the problem. Look at my arm here. Skin, my skin's thick, but I need I need strong bone underneath that. So you need strong bone of of backups, and don't be surprised if you see a return of Mark Barron. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but they might bring him back cheap just to strengthen that. Because behind him, I'm not looking down, but I can tell you right away, behind him is Ulysses Gilbert III, UG3, and uh, Robert Spillane, and Robert Spillane, the uh, he's he's a legacy. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> definitely a legacy. His uh, his uh uh grandfather, Johnny Latner, Heisman Trophy winner, number one pick of the Steelers, played one season, went to the Pro Bowl, hurt himself, never seen again here, hurt himself playing football in the military and never came back. Steeler legacy, but special teams ace. He's really good on special teams. He'll make you forget about Tyler Medakevich. But when you put him in, when one of those guys go down, and Vince Williams didn't – he played, what, 12 games last year? Yes. One of those guys go down. You need to fill it in. For as much as everybody hated Mark Barron last year, I am not included in that, but everybody hated the guy. But there's times that he had a start and he had to step up and he stepped up. And he had some flashes of brilliance and he had some playing. So, you know what? Everybody say like, I knew they'd go crazy. No Mark Barron. But the problem is it's better than the unknown. Yes. Who would you rather have defending you, the law firm of Gilbert and
0: Spillane or, or the law firm of Barron Incorporated? I mean, Gilbert and Spillane, I mean, if you combine their snaps, we're talking about we talk to outside linebackers. So we're, we just named four guys, two outside linebackers. We just named the two inside linebackers, the backups. If you combine all of those and I know Dave Schofield is listening to the show, if the Oracle could pull up the number, and I'm sure he has it on the top of his head. How many snaps have those four players played outside of special teams in an NFL game? I'm going to argue you it's less than 50. Here's the other issue at the inside linebacker position. You don't want Vince Williams playing sub-package football and getting spread out and attacked in the passing game. Because if you do, it'll look like Kansas City two years ago, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey going to work on the inside linebackers shooting fish in a barrel. That's I what it'll look like.
1: I was in the end zone 10 rows <laughs> up, and it was like I was, oh, it was it, it was incredible. <laughs> yes, full on track meet.
0: And he had, and there were plays where he had multiple options where he could have always gotten after those guys, but just chose to go after somebody else. Oh, so thanks for pulling up that bad. So Dave Schofield, the Oracle, and see, I knew the Oracle had it in his head. Spillane played one snap. UG three played zero snaps of football that was not special teams. And I'm sure Spillane graded out very well, and his PFF grade is probably the highest graded player who played one snap in the (laughs)
1: National Football League last year. As you know, PFF grades everything. Let me give you a little fact on Spillane. Another fact on Spillane. He had an interception against Landry Jones in week three of the preseason in
0: 2018.
1: Oh, great. there you go. So I feel better already about the <laughs> depth of the inside linebacker position. So
0: we've looked at the inside <laughs> linebacker position, right? We said four backups, and we said basically they have not played professional football. Now, we love Devin Bush. We have our questions about Vidi Vidi Vici, Vince Williams. So, okay, Dave, thank you, Dave. Dave said Ola had 62 snaps last year and Tuzar had none.
1: Hit a couple with the Giants, but uh that doesn't that doesn't work for what we're doing here. The problem is they're just too thin. There's just they
0: they're just too thin. And the one guarantee we know it's gonna happen in football is somebody's gonna get injured. Somebody is gonna get nicked. And suddenly the strength of your football team now becomes a weakness. And it can happen just like that and they don't have their bases covered. Let's switch to the safety position. Now, we've talked about the middle, and we haven't talked about the back end of their defense, but let's talk about the safety position. Give me your backup safeties. Now, we all know the starters, Micah Fitzpatrick
1: and Edmonds, Terrell Edmonds.
0: A lot of people have questions on Edmonds,
1: but give us the backups at the safety position. So we're looking at Marcus Allen right now, and we are working looking at Jordan Dangerfield, um, throwing in the uh, number six draft pick from Maryland, Antoine Brooks Jr. You have, uh, and after that, that's it. You've got one more guy, um, Tyree Cannell. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I think he is from the XFL. Um, but nice. But they, they're really, that's why I was going a little crazy on draft day because I really wanted, wanted this one kid that the Eagles got. And, uh, right, right there, you you know, they went instead, I believe his name was McCoy, if I'm not not mistaken. And they went with McFarland there and they just had a really good safety that they they could have picked right there. But I don't want to go ahead down that. uh, I don't want to second guess the front office. They know what they're doing better than I do. I just need think they need some help here at free safety and strong safety, that safety position. That's the. That's just to your point. There's just no depth there whatsoever. And uh anybody that says um we're seeing on the screen, Terrell Edmonds needs to go. Here's the thing who's who well, you replace. Them up? Him? Yeah. Who,
0: I mean, I know Jeff can play slot wide receiver. I know Jeff can replace <laughs> Ryan Switzer, and Jeff could potentially return kickoffs just down in the end zone. He had I mean, that pick six in eighth grade. Yeah, he, exactly. He had to pick six of eighth grade. You know, he slammed it, you know, did the Billy White Shoes Johnson celebration in the end zone. The you men on the hill still sing songs about it. I mean, we could bring Jeff in as a backup, you know, on the offensive side of the ball. But I think the picture we're painting now, they do have quality depth, in my opinion, on the defensive line. But oh, yeah. what what we're saying is at the linebacker position and at the safety position, You know, like Jeffrey Benedict said in a live chat, the inside linebacker and safety backups have played a combined seven snaps. And that's just ironic, given the title of the program, that the biggest issue just isn't a healthy return of Big Ben. It's just ironic that the sevens line up. That's not enough depth. I mean, that's like building a house on a hill that's tilted at a 90-degree angle or at a 75-degree angle, and it rains every day. I mean, it's just, it's not the position that you want to be in. That's why I'm saying that the biggest issue is depth, particularly on the defensive side of football, because even if Big Ben stays healthy and you get a rash of injuries on the defensive side of football, you're still going to struggle to win. You're just going to be more competitive, but you're not necessarily going to win games because you're going to put Ben Roethlisberger in a position where he has to be Ben of two years ago immediately so you can score enough points to stay in games. What do you think they're going to do about this? I mean, we've done a good job, I think, illustrating it on the defensive side of the ball. We haven't even talked about offense. I think corner, there are some issues at corner but not as bad as safety inside linebacker and outside linebacker. Do you think they're going to reach into the waiver wire and try to bring in some free agents to try to
1: clearly go after some this big depth gap at those three positions? After June 1st, you're going to see it happen. Uh, you're going to see somebody coming in. I think less on offense than uh, definitely on defense. I, I would probably uh, make a small wager on that that they'll bring somebody in for depth. There's still a little bit, and I just say a little bit of money, not a lot, but, you know, they know how to move stuff around, so don't worry about money here. Um, You could bring somebody in that could help. Don't get caught up with huge names. Um, You know, like, remember last year, everybody still wants Eric Berry on their team. Eric Berry's not on an NFL roster for a reason, just like Des Bryant's not on an NFL roster, whether it be health or just age or what have you. But, I really think they're going to bring somebody in, Lance, and that'll be after the June 1st when it's so much easier to do. That's when you'll see some new guys coming in.
0: I think the return of Barron would be a start, I think because of his knowledge of the defense and he's played with the players. He knows the calls. He knows the checks. He knows the defense. I think him bringing him at the inside linebacker gives you an immediate upgrade. I don't want to depend on UG3. In terms of the outside linebacker position, they have to bring, they have to bring an outside linebacker in and a veteran uh safety. They have to bring those guys in. I mean, can you imagine Minka Fitzpatrick getting hurt and you have to play Rodney Dangerfield's nephew as the safety? <laughs> no I mean, I mean, he gets no respect as it is, right? Can you imagine having to play him as your safety? It would just be really bad. Now let's jump to the offensive side of football, the quarterback position. I don't. Do we
1: need to talk about the quality of of backup at the quarterback position? You know what? No, because I have been Lance. I don't know how long you've been uh, paying attention to what I do here, but one thing I've been screaming about for three or four years has been bringing a guy like a Matt Moore. Bring in a bring in a guy like I know he's gone, and everyone knows that I have a man crush on. Yeah. They say I have a man crush on Ke- Case Keenum, but I'm just talking about the kind of player. Yes, bring in that guy. The reason we loved Charlie Batch because we hardly had to see him start, but he was reliable when he had to come in and play. And for that spot start, you knew you were going to have a fighting chance. Now at the time, now was revisionist history though because. You go back in time, they're like, oh, are we going to be able to win with Charlie Batch? They did that every week. But now when you look back, you're like, yeah, we have one of the best backups in the league. I'm the kind of guy that thinks that there should be a backup quarterback in the Pro Bowl selection. I think that's a very important position that's interesting idea. To, to have have a backup quarterback. Because we can talk about the great backups of all time. And Charlie Batch might actually, he could actually be in that equation. Because you just need to have somebody reliable off the bench that you could feel like, all right, with this team, they're gonna go further. I could guarantee you, if you had a quality backup last year, and and I we can't answer this question, we're never going to know. If you had a Matt Moore last year, they would have probably made the playoffs. If you had a Case Keenum last year, they they definitely would have made the playoffs. But the thing about it is we just don't know because you had guys that were thrown to the wolves last year. And yes, they need an opportunity to start, but you still want to have somebody that could just take over the reins when Ben gets back, if he misses four games. And we've seen a lot over the years, Ben misses three to four games. Now, the past two seasons, it didn't happen until 2019. He was pretty solid. Um, The only games he was missing at that point was week 17 when he didn't have to play. So that, that's the thing about the quarterback. You don't need a superstar quarterback to come in and be your backup. You need a reliable guy that looks good with a clipboard and a backward hat.
0: You brought up a great point with Charlie Batch. Now Mason Rudolph went five and three last year, but I don't think anyone feels as if, Mason Rudolph made plays to win the games. They won the games in spite of Mason Rudolph. I think that would be a fair statement. He didn't lose the games. He wasn't turning the ball over like duck. He didn't lose them games, but he didn't go out there and win them, win them games. He went five and three. Now, you know, people will say, well, he won five games. You know, you you want to back up to win anywhere between two to four games. However, if you look at the picture of Charlie Batch, like you said, Charlie Batch at the time was a guy that went to Baltimore and won a game. If you're a backup quarterback that can win a game on the road in Baltimore, C-Batch 2012 was my password on like everything <laughs> for years. That Love game it. was so epic. That was my password. C-Batch 2012-2012. I used it everywhere. I can still see the hug that Ben gave Charlie Batch after that game. No one feels the same way about Mason Rudolph as we felt about Charlie Batch. Charlie Batch, when Ben got suspended, 3-1, and one, plays fantastic football. You even have people arguing, hey, man, we need to keep Charlie in for a few more weeks because he's red hot. Let Ben just come back and just work his way back in. Charlie as they call him in Pittsburgh, C-H-O-L-L-Y, Charlie is hot. No one feels that way about Mason except the ladies in Jeff Hartman's house. They (laughs) think Mason is hot, but no one else thinks Mason is hot. I just think, you know, it's quality depth. It's quality depth bad. It's not a name. It's not a player. And I got ripped to shreds by saying they should sign Andy Dalton or they should sign Jameis Winston. But my point was like you were saying bad. it's just the player. It's the type of player who's that veteran. And you make Mason Rudolph your number three. So that's the quarterback position. What's your thought about the depth of the offensive line? We got the starters. And I'm going to give you my projected starters. Villanueva. Wiz, Pouncy, DeCastro and Filer. That's my projected starting lineup. I don't I'm not I don't think they're going to make the shift and bring Filer as the left guard and open up the competition at the right tackle position. I don't think they're going to create that level of uncertainty on their offensive line. If this is the starting offensive line, what is your thought about the backups and the depth at the
1: offensive line position? Here's the thing again, Lance. I remember when I brought my arm up and said the the skin is thick, but there's, you got to have bone behind it. That's the same thing. Um, Ramon Foster's gone. Matt Filer is there, but he was for the longest time. I don't want to say longest time, but he was your quality backup along with BJ Finney. BJ Finney's not there. He got an awesome contract and I don't think they were, uh, fully behind B.J. Finney there. Um, base, based on the Aaron Donald game in the Los Angeles Rams, when they started Chukes, moved Filer over. Um, I'm not a huge Chukes fan, but if he starts at right tackle, I'm fine with it. But I want to have some more depth there. I believe in Zach Banner's depth. Don't really want him starting, but I believe in him as depth. You don't have a quality starter as your backup and in many positions, an offensive line's one of them, but somebody to fill in the blanks. Now, a guy that they they screwed up on is Fred Johnson, who's going to be starting for the Cincinnati Bengals this year. And he's six eight beast out of Florida. They uh they tried to hide him on the practice squad, he got plucked. It, w- it was just one of those things. It's like guys kind of look to the future on that, which they could have, they didn't. Um for I mean, but, you know, when you're looking at uh, posi- positions 52 and 53 to stay on that roster, you're going to have to dangle somebody. I just didn't want them to dangle him. But as far as the offensive line goes, Lance, I, I'm fine with the offensive line. I know it's getting a little longer in the tooth. A lot of people have given up on Pouncy. I think the offensive line did not adjust well to the cadences, to the uh, the new quarterbacks. The offensive line needed Ben last year. And now you could say, well, you know, they're professionals. They should adjust to anybody. They just didn't have the time with these guys. And now Duck's in there too, and you're shifting these guys around. Um, it The offense took a hit when Ben went down. So that's why I think a lot of people are saying Ben's the top priority here. But backing up these guys, you could get away with one missing, and hope every hope they're able to you know help him out. But two missing is going to scare you. And here's one more thing to bring up on this offensive line. You do not have a quality blocking tight end this year. You have two very good pass catching tight ends. Yeah. But you don't have the tight end to help you out. You're going to see a lot more of Zach Banner in that tight end position helping you out. But the problem, and I'm going to give credit to, Dave Schofield on this one, because he always says it, when you see 72 coming in the game and they say he's eligible, you're giving away your script. You know exactly what you're going to do. You're running the ball.
0: Yeah, and he's not a threat in in the passing game. Let me give you some of the backups. Derwin Gray, offensive tackle. Christian DeLario. Now, some of these guys are going to be dash guys. Anthony Coyle guy. You got Zach Banner. You got Wisniewski that if he doesn't start, he'll be either a center or a guard. He could be your primary backup there. You got Chooks, Jaron Jones. No. Um, Kevin Dotson will be on the roster. He's a draft pick. Um, Christian Montano. Let me go to some of these other guys. The center here is J.C. Hassenhauer and John Kanhoye um it's interesting it, it is it is an interesting mix it is definitely gumbo it is a bunch of stuff um it's some crab it's a little chicken it's a little sausage a little bit of roux you know you might throw some muscles in there it's a very interesting mix I'm not overly confident that that offensive line can survive the wrong injury like if you get the injury to DeCastro I don't know if it can survive but when you compare it from a depth perspective to the inside linebacker outside linebacker and safety positions its depth is fabulous but it still isn't great
1: no. it's it's not great the one thing that you have if if i could flip the coin though and i'm i'm agreeing with you but if there's a silver lining in all of this when you lost Finney, you brought in maybe an older, more accomplished version of Finney. So you lost the you lost the age, but you've you got a two time right, Super that's Bowl the great, winner in Zinowski that, that doesn't just play guard, he plays center. So you have the guy that if something happens to Pouncy, and we've seen it happen to Pouncy in preseason or the first game of the season, something happens, you lose that guy for the entire year. You can bring in Wisniewski, but the problem is you're losing depth everywhere else. You're yes. They're only keeping about eight guys. So let's look at this. Let's look at this as Wisniewski as a starter, Filer as a starter, and your your top two guys that you're looking at as backups right Chukes. now would be Chooks and Dotson. Dotson's going to be a starter in this league 2020. No, but he's going to be a starter in this league. If you have to throw him to the wolves, I can't think of a better rookie to throw to the wolves. Cause I think this guy's accomplished. However, he's still a fourth rounder. You know what? I, I guess it's, if you look at past years, is it stronger than it usually was? I, I think it's weaker, but I think you you might be able to get away with it, but it's scary. Yeah, it, it it is scary. The last position group
0: is the running back position that I want to look at in terms of depth because we all know James Conner is going to get hurt. In fact, we already know that James Conner hurt. We're just going to say that James is hurt before the season starts because we know it's going to eventually happen. Just like we know that the sun is going to come out, James Conner is going to get hurt. What's your thoughts on the backups and in, in the depth there? Are you which what's your thoughts on Benny Snell football, McFarland, uh Jalen Samuel? What's your thoughts on there? I think the overall position as a whole, from a talent perspective, is lacking, particularly when you compare it to the running backs across the division. When you look at Mixon, you look at um uh you look at the Ravens when they're plethora of running backs, and you look at Chubb and you look at um What's the running back from Kansas City? I'm, I'm flubbing on a name as I talk about it. He uh, used to be the starter from Kansas City. That's now on Cleveland, the backup. Oh,
1: uh,
0: um, Hunt. Yeah, and Hunt. So you look, at the, you look at the talent across the running back position in the division. I, I'm just not totally sold on the Steelers' running back position overall. But what's your thought from a depth perspective? If Connor goes down, are you confident that – there are guys that can pick up the slack for him and that backfield, it doesn't drop
1: off and suffer greatly. Lance, you and I are buddies, but I completely disagree with you on the running backs. I am sold on this running back stable. No problem in this running back stable. And here's the reason why. First of all, I want to ask you a question. How many games, how many full games do you think we can get out of James Conner? Is it 10? Is it 12? What are you... And then ask yourself, how many games do you want out of James Conner? I think we can get 12 if he... 12 full games. Yes, I think we can get 12 full games if he gets a reduced load of snaps. Okay, so this is where everything goes back to Ben Roethlisberger. I think that backfield is so much better if Ben Roethlisberger is there. It opens things up. I'm not worried about Benny Snell whatsoever. Uh, I know you say no Jets. I think his <laughs> Jets are just fine. Benny, I, uh, Benny. No, I'm I'm fine with Benny Snell there. In fact, I've because uh, man, I remember watching him against Penn State and what he did in that bowl game. And that guy was crushing people. I saw the average that he had in games when he started. I really liked what he had. I thought he could have been so much better of a player if he wasn't on an island. And they weren't stacking the box against them. So I have a, I'm looking at teams like the Kansas city chiefs last year, especially the San Francisco 49ers last year with three, with a three headed monster, not one sexy back. There was no timber like there. There was no bringing sexy back, but what it was, <laughs> they were getting it done. The Patriots have been, have never had that feature back for the last, I don't know how many years. I mean, but you know Sony Michelle. Everyone thinks Sony Michelle was so great. He wasn't really getting the yards. He was getting he was getting touchdowns. But what what I'm saying is they were getting it done as a stable. I really think at this point, running back by committee is going to be the new normal for the NFL. That's that's what you're seeing. You don't see running backs get that second year contract very often with the same team. That second contract with the same team. And the reason you don't is because the value isn't there. So for everybody that hated the fact that Le'Veon Bell wanted the money, that's the fact that it wasn't the fact that Pittsburgh didn't want to pay him. It wasn't the fact that that, uh, he wasn't good enough because he was great. But they know that with running backs, you can fill in the blank with somebody else. How many times in history have you seen a guy come in that you weren't even expecting in preseason. And I'll give you one, number 39, Fast Willie Parker. Everybody, no one's going to say anything about Fast Willie Parker. I mean, we love him for what he did. But we were scared to death going to week one in 2005 because Deuce was down, the bus was down. And gosh, we're going with Willie Parker. We watched that first game. It was like, Willie Parker. He went from Willie Parker to, yes, Willie Parker. So... There, you can make the you can put a guy in like Benny Snow like McFarland. You can mix it up. You could even put in Kareth White. I don't think he's going to make the team, but you can put in a guy like Kareth White. Samuels, we saw what happened when you just filled him in a, against uh, New England that one year. I don't know if Samuels is making the team, but what I'm saying is if you have the quarterback able to throw downfield and give these guys a little break. And they're not stacking the box this is a fine stable hey bad can you pop up
0: uh dave's message dave um it's 12 51 p.m dave responded that tomlin said uh no to running back by committee in his phone call uh through steelers network yesterday and, and i'm not surprised and so he with that being it. the case with that being the case he's going to run the wheels off of
1: connor Yeah, but he and and I get that, but I think he uh, he will run them off maybe five to ten percent less, and still give some guys an opportunity because we've seen him do that in the past. Um, The thing is, I was on the beginning of that call too. I didn't hear that part, but I was on the beginning, and those are questions from fans. That one woman was the very first question was okay. Mike, we have good depth at ILB and CB. That's exactly what the questions were. These weren't <laughs> I mean no, this wasn't was, press. This wasn't press. Yeah, this was a Steeler Nation call. Um, if you're in the fan club and I got it, the reason I was on the call because I got a four one two call at four o'clock yesterday. It popped up. I'm like, Oh hey, this is a Steelers calling me. And they're like, oh, Mike Tomlin's gonna have a Steeler Nation press conference, so Steelers Nation Unite. So it, it's great, but it's you know what you're asking those kind of questions and you say the running back by committee, but the problem is if you have to throw in guys like that, you have to mix it up a little bit more, they're gonna be fine. He could say no, but he's gonna need to do what he needs to do. So to wrap this all up, bad, we I
0: think we've identified and you've convinced me I feel a little bit better about the running back position. I feel a little bit better, really. Just a touch. Wow. Just, just, I don't feel better about Benny. Benny! I don't feel <laughs> better about him, but I feel a little bit better with the addition of McFarlane. I like the wide receivers. I think the tight end group is pretty good. The draft pick from last year, I don't know what his role is going to be, but I like Ebron and I like McDonald. I like that combination. I think we've identified some very hot areas. I think the offensive line is fairly hot. But the inside linebacker position, the outside linebacker position, and the safety positions are very hot. That on a depth from a depth perspective, on the defensive side of football, there are some significant depth issues. And I think we both are saying we think they're going to have to go into the free agent market and try to bolster the depth to the position. They can't be comfortable with linebackers. There are backup linebackers across the board playing like 10 snaps of professional football. They just can't. But I want to ask one question to you, Bad, before we conclude the show. I don't know if you were on Twitter. Um, I know they're, they're doing this Twitter thing where they're posting a logo or an image of a team. And they're asking you what player comes to mind when you see the image. Now, of course they're just and so for the question for the purposes of this show is when you see the Steeler image what one player immediately comes to mind for you current or just history? one player you see the Steeler logo the first player you think of Jack Lambert
1: Jack Lambert why why Jack Lambert you know we grew up at the same time Lance and He was just the guy controlling – he was the heart and soul as far as controlling the middle of that team. I was a huge Joe Green guy. I was a huge Mel Blunt guy. But it was just the badass that – he was a badass, and he knew it. And he turned the Super Bowl just by spiking um, Cliff Harris. He spiked the guy, basically. He body slammed him and should have been thrown out. But he turned that Super Bowl around. Had 14 tackles that game. When I think of steel, I think of Jack Lambert. Now, in recent years, Heinz Ward is the guy that I think of because I thought he had. I, I think of the guys that had heart, and a lot, all of them had heart. But the the guys that drove the team, the faces of the team for me, were the guys that uh, didn't have to be loud about it. Now Lambert was loud, but the guys that just personified what Steeler football was all about. And those are the two guys for me. Thaddeus Kennedy said, uh, Ryan Switzer. (laughs) God (laughs) bless Ryan Switzer. You know what? I love Ryan Switzer on Twitter. I think he seems like an awesome guy. I would hang out with Ryan Switzer. Um, I will say this, and you guys will be all over me with Ben back. You might see a more valuable Ryan Switzer, but there's other guys I'd rather see on the roster. That's that's all I'm saying. There's guys I'd rather see on the roster. But if you think you can shake your head, Lance, but if you think that they're going to sit or, that Ben's gonna sit around and exclude him, he's gonna do everything he can to get him going. Well, having having the uh you know, having Ben's
0: vouch serves for something. You can't <laughs> sit on a man's couch during quarantine for nothing. Strong <laughs> political move by Mr. Electronic Football Man. When I see the I when that, I see man. the Steeler, when I see the Steeler logo. I think of Joe Green. Joe Green was my dude. Like, Joe was a superhero for me, man. The big afro. Joe was mean. The head slaps, slamming people on their heads. I mean, Joe is just, Joe could have been a superhero, man. I would have figured as a kid, you know, I thought bullets just banked off of Joe Green's chest. I mean, Joe was just the guy. Then you had the Coke commercial in the tunnel. Mean Joe. I mean, Mean Joe is just my guy. I mean, and I think it's probably, uh, I see you back there, back with the book back there. Um, I just think, you know, mean Joe, I mean, he's the curtain. I mean, the curtain is mean Joe. I mean, the curtain is such a part of the legacy of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And Joe was just the, in, the embodiment of that. And Joe was just, you know, when you had a healthy Joe Green, you had a chance. Joe was just, Joe, Joe was,
1: he, he was, was one mean, of the Joe, guys for me too.
0: I mean, Joe was just that guy. I mean, we had some answers in here. We got Rob Woodson in here. Uh, we got some Hines-Wards. If you'd said a current a current guy, and here's my thinking, right? You know, I'm from the north side. You know, I'm from about maybe five minutes from Hines Field. I just grew up thinking about the Steelers with, with, with the running game and, and defense. So, you know, if I have a Steeler jersey, I really don't have any offensive players except for two guys. If you're an offensive player, you have to play offense like you play defense, like the defense would play. You got to be strong. You got to be gritty. You got to be physical. You got to be mean. You got to be tough. One of those guys that I've had a jersey of was Hines Ward. Because Hines Ward knocked Ed Reed out at least five to seven times in the course of his the career. <laughs> and every time he knocked Ed Reed out, I was like, that's my guy. That's Hines Ward. That's why I wear Hines jerseys. So – with me the face of it, it, whoever you come up with the face of the Steelers has to be somebody that's tough rugged physical mean nasty and just ready to fight i mean that's just how i think you got to be you just got to be ready to fight man you just got to be a mean s o b when i think of Steelers that's why i think of Joe Green nobody wanted to mess with Joe Green so that's the guy that comes to mind when I think of the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, bad. thank you, man, for hopping in with me. I wanted to get you on. I know you missed your show yesterday, so I yeah. wanted to make make sure you got on.
1: My daughter had her 11th birthday, and we decided to have a parade for her, and the parade ran a little long. We had about 25 people driving through. We had fire trucks. We had an Elvis. <laughs> we had all these people driving through, <laughs> social distancing, <laughs> <mamp, mamp, 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 going, and she loved. it was a surprise. She was going crazy, and I was like, Uh, There was people walking around, and I was out talking, and I I was just, you know, like, I've got a podcast, but I'm going to talk to the guys see if they'll let me, uh, you know, take care of family here, and they're like, by all means, have fun, so uh, I I was, it was so fun to be out there and uh, doing that and feeling normal again, so I was glad to get back on uh, with you today. The reason I brought this book up, I don't know if you've read this, but this, everything you said about Joe Green lambert those guys it's in this book jeff hartman gave me this book and he like when you're done you pass it on that's what i want you to do pass it on so if you haven't read this book it's coming your way i'll fedex it out to you it is that good um but thanks so much for having me it's always a pleasure i uh, I, I feel like you and i are connected as far as uh well not as, if you uh, wear that jersey
0: Oh, you gotta change that jersey though.
1: Yeah, but I'm the guy that could get <laughs> away with it, Lance. <laughs> yeah, he could.
0: I was like, oh man, you guys didn't see us before we got on. But the first thing I said when I, when I, when he came on and I saw him, I was like, oh man, an SC jersey. Come on, man. Like SC, not SC. All like, oh, oh, design. <laughs> oh man, anything worse than SC is UCLA. I man, UCLA stole everything from Cal—the colors, the name, everything. We're the big bears. They're the baby bears. We're dark blue and gold. They're light blue and gold. And they stole Cal's fight song. So I really hate UCLA. I hate UCLA even more than SC. But I want to give a couple of shout outs too. I want to give a shout out to my cousin, Tiffany Calloway, who's celebrating her birthday as well. I want to give a big shout out to my man, John Patton. My man, Kwame, who's celebrating a birthday. I want to give a shout out to my mother-in-law that's celebrating a birthday this weekend. I also want to give a big shout out to my nephew who's celebrating his 18th birthday and to all the Tauruses out there that might be celebrating their birthday. And also, before we get out of here, I want to make sure that the nation takes care of the nation, that everybody's out there staying safe, take care of your neighbor, particularly in this time. But as always, tune in, tell a friend, and subscribe.